Well, hey, friends. Welcome back again to another episode of um, Mike's Podcast. It is good to have you with us here. And we're going to do something a little bit different today. Uh, recently, a mutual friend introduced me to a woman named Lisa Yabua. And Lisa is the campus pastor at a church called the Southeast Raleigh Table. And um, I immediately knew when I met Lisa that I had so much to learn from her. And so started following her on the social medias and just connecting a little bit here and there. And recently, actually on, I think, June 1st, she led her church in a service of lament and um, did it virtually. It's on. She did it through Facebook Live, obviously because of the time that we're in. And um, our mutual friend uh, reached out and said, like, you need to sit through this. It was really powerful, meaningful. And I did. And I got to tell you that I did not know how much I needed to lament. I did not know. Um, I did not know. I didn't realize, like, I needed to be led in that right now with all with all all of the stuff, all of the stuff that is going on right now, all of the stuff that's sitting on our shoulders right now, all the stuff that we're sort of feeling right now, all the stuff that's not right right now. And um, it was a really powerful and meaningful experience for me. And so I reached out to Lisa and I said, like, I would love to um, to help more people have the same experience and asked her if it would be okay if we grabbed the audio from from her service of lament and just made it available to you all. So that's that's what we're going to listen to now. So a few caveats as as we engage in this first is um, I want to encourage you to have the space and time for this. It's going to be about an hour long. And so don't don't just sort of like listen to this in the car when you've got like four minutes, um, like make the space to be in this. I, I had another friend who passed I'd pass this on to and about 10 minutes into it, she sent me a text and she said, I had to stop because I was crying so much and um, I have to go on with my work day. So all that to say, like make make space the way that I listened to it, because it was the way it was helpful for me is I went on a long walk and just walk the neighborhood and um, and engaged in it in that way. Um, secondly, uh, it is a Facebook Live thing, and so she'll make references to that, obviously, in it. And then last, she's leading her local community through it. And so obviously there are things that she will talk about that um, are are about their local space. But, um, but I actually found that really helpful in like thinking about my local space and not just thinking about the things that are big and nationwide and worldwide, but then also like localizing it. So I would encourage you to do that same thing in your space as well, uh, for whatever it's worth. And so um, I'm not going to offer anything else to sort of set it up other than to just simply say, would you create space as you engage? And don't let this be just sort of a thing you listen to. This is a thing you're meant to experience and to go through as well. So would you create space to enter into lament as Lisa Yabua leads us and what that looks like? We're going to wait just a while for people to join um, our live service uh, where we're going to have a service of lament um, this evening. And um, I'll be sharing with you in just a little bit what it might look like for you to prepare yourself for this time um, that we're going to have together. 
And if it feels uh, as though um, the energy of this time is not quite like the energy that I typically bring to um, moments of worship, that's true. Uh, because this moment of, of worship is anchored not uh, in highs, but where we're going to have to practice what it looks like to live in the valley. So uh, I, uh, I don't apologize that, that this is not me apologizing for what this moment feels like, but in many ways, managing your expectations about how I'm going to show up in this moment and also to maybe um, how you may need to prepare yourself to show up in this moment in order to do this work of lament with um, integrity. I'm going to talk a little bit about um, this gift that we are given, um, at least in the Christian tradition of lament, of mourning, of sorrow, but it's one that uh, we don't get a lot of practice in. Um, because to lament is to have to be present, present to pain and disappointment, present to sadness and to loss. And um, this world that we live in tries its very best to keep us from being present to those things, to those feelings. So um, again, I, I'm not going to apologize, but I, I do want you to know that um, as we come to this moment, that I'm going to also ask of you, if we are going to be faithful when we praise, that we've got to be faithful when we cry. So um, this evening, this evening is birthed out of actually a call from leaders across uh, the country, across the United States, who are asking faith traditions um, to gather and to have a time of a service of lament as the United States was, um, had, had surpassed 100,000 COVID-related deaths. Um, and if you, if you need to like, just uh, think about that number, 100,000, if you've seen the New York Times from last week that listed 1,000 names of individuals who have died of um, the coronavirus, 100,000 is not just a football stadium or a baseball stadium, it's multiple. Uh, football stadiums or uh, baseball stadiums. A hundred thousand individuals who from the time we have taken shelter in place, mothers, fathers, co-workers, neighbors, friends, who are not here today. And so we are going to take some time during this worship service uh, this service of lament, especially because we have had our agency taken away to gather, to mourn collectively, to mourn the, the magnitude of that loss. Um, we're not going to just let this be a season that has come and gone in the narrative of our country. We're going to stop and we're going to sit on the mourner's bench and we're going to, um, we're going to believe that because uh, Jesus says that he is resurrection and life, that anything that threatens life should somehow threaten us. Uh, and so we are going to lament for, um, for that loss. But uh, as these leaders were inviting church communities, synagogues and mosques and folks from various traditions to gather, then all of a sudden we got thrust into a, a different narrative 
actually, I shouldn't say a different narrative, um, a narrative that has probably been highlighted for other individuals about the way in which white supremacy and racist systems and systems of oppression um, kill us. <laughs> and this uh, past week has reminded me of everything that I think I've actually grieved since I've taken my first breath on January 20th, 1977, all 43 years that I've lived in this country as a black person um, in a system that works beautifully, but doesn't work for me and doesn't work for some of us who are a part of the Southeast Raleigh community. Uh, and so as your pastor, uh, we say all the time, it's in our core values, we say that we show up and it does not make sense. And it would be an insult if we only showed up for one another when we celebrate or we only showed up for one another when we felt comfortable or we only showed up for one another when it felt convenient, but we didn't show up for one another when we grieve and we didn't show up for one another when we mourn, that we didn't show up for one another when some of us are so tired. And right now, in light of COVID-19, in light of the reality that this is nothing new, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, that Black lives don't matter. In light of all of that, I come to you as your pastor, but I also come to you as one who is tired and exhausted and recognizing that there are many among us who are also tired and exhausted and have been tired and exhausted since they've taken their first breath. So we're going to hold space for lament. Lament is to grieve or to mourn the things that you know are not God's preferred future. It's why lament is different than complaint. It's why lament is different than just maybe um, sadness. Uh, lament is knowing in a very deep place that something is not right. And so you grieve the things that are not right, that you think would cause um, God's heart to break, that you know would cause God's heart to also be heavy, um, that anything that is not uh, moving in the direction of God, those are the things that we lament. The, the thing, though, that makes lament different, though, than just sadness is that we do so with also this really strange hope that the things that we lament might also be transformed. So we can come to a time of lament feeling incredibly hopeless. We can come to a time of lament filled with tears or not having any words to say. And yet we do so with this very crazy, only by the grace of God sliver, that the things that we cry for today might be the things that God will redeem today or tomorrow or in the days to come. So we come tonight to name our sorrows. We come tonight to lament. And I wanted to share with you a couple of things. One, lament is not performative. So I'm not coming to you to, to perform a worship service. If that's what you hope to do for the next 45 minutes or an hour, however long we're going to tarry before God. I, I'm gonna tell you right now, there's nothing performative about uh, lament. In fact, sometimes lament can be really boring. I remember when I was a child, um, we would sometimes keep, uh, keep watch whenever a member of our family would die. And I remember as a child being like, can we just kind of like get through this 
of crying and weeping and wailing. I mean, sometimes till three o'clock in the morning, there is no, there are no highs and lows that kind of like keep you interested or locked in. Lament calls you to sit, to sit, to ask yourself hard, uncomfortable, difficult questions to say, why is it that maybe I've participated in the very thing that causes someone else to cry? Or why is it that I feel like my life has been snuffed out? So I cannot tell you that this is going to be the thing that's going to just like blow your, blow your mind today. Um, you're going to sit with sadness and discomfort and years of pain and the hurts that people have carried. For some of us over the last three months as we've had this new reality of a global pandemic and for some of us, um, a lifetime. So here are the things that I just want to share with you. Number one is that I'm human. I'm, I know I'm your pastor, but I'm also human. So this evening, whereas oftentimes on Facebook Live, I might engage your comments or your commentary, I can't actually be present to my own grief. I'm not coming to like be a persona before you. I'm just gathering us to cry together. We just can't do it in the same space. So I'm not going to be able to manage like your comments in the, the comment section. I know the genius of Facebook Live is like to shout people out and to say certain things. And I'm not going to do that. But I am going to invite you, if you have the bandwidth to do that, to like really lament and to grieve and to also share words of, of comfort or even of discomfort with one another, by all means do so. But I just need you to know that this evening, I, I, can't, I don't have the space for it to do that. I, I can't be reading and, um, and, and also kind of like leading us well. I won't be able to do it with integrity if I'm trying to also be a social media genius in this moment. The second thing is I'm going to invite you to allow yourself to participate and not just watch. So if right now you need to get up and like go get a candle or something that grounds you, if you want to get a picture of one of your ancestors, your grandmother, your friend, if you want to go find your New York Times, <laughs> I've got mine with me with the names of people who've died, do it, do it now. If you actually even want to have music in the background, that's fine. You know, I can't hear what you need to do, but you have got to create your own altar your own mourner's bench, and you need to do so with the level um, of self-care, what will matter for you in this moment. But if you're just gonna sit and watch, I, I might actually just invite you then, um, if that's your tendency, to actually turn your back to the screen. Um, so that, uh, that I might also ask that I can have some dignity in this moment, that it's not, oh, Lisa, look at Lisa crying, or, you know, I wonder who else is crying. Like, if you can't, if you can't also sit with your stuff, if you have no tears to cry, which is perfectly fine. Some of us actually have a harder time getting in our bodies. Um, I am from, a, I'm from a tradition that knows how to mourn. Um, for my Ghanaian family members, we actually hire mourners for our funerals. We hire people to literally weep and wail with us. And growing up um, as a person who's black in the low country of South Carolina, we never apologize for our tears when people die. I mean, I, I did not grow up with that. Um, I, I have been trained and equipped to mourn and to lament, even though I have been born in a country that like loves to distract itself, that loves to say sorry whenever you cry, that loves to tell people, oh, please don't cry, don't cry. No, cry. Some of you actually, the great gift you could give to yourself this evening is to let yourself be human. 
I want to say something really quickly. Actually, the system that has been built around white supremacy um, tries very hard for you to be disconnected from your own grief. So if you need to turn your back to the screen, do that. Just listen. Just listen or ask yourself, why is it so hard for me to be um, comfortable with being uncomfortable? You know, let's grieve. And if it feels foreign to you, then you can also say, okay, just doesn't feel, I don't feel it. And that's okay. But, but allow folks the integrity uh, and, and dignity to not make this like the thing that you watch. I, I would then invite you, if that's just your instinct, it's okay to just say, maybe um, this is just not the thing I'm going to do this evening. Then the last thing is I'm just going to share with you um, what um, the evening is going to feel like. I've written the scripture lessons that I'm going to read in the order that I'm actually going to read them. I'm going to read a passage of scripture. I'm going to offer up why we need to lament or mourn the particular thing that we're going to lament or mourn. Mostly COVID-related um, deaths. We're going to talk a little bit about um, weeping for Black lives. And then in our third uh, part of our service of lament, I'm going to just name all the things that seem to be heavy. Oh, violence against our Asian American neighbors, unemployment, all the things. And we'll give you then opportunities after I um, kind of like walk us through those things to um, whether you want to name them in your heart, screen them in your apartment, whatever you're doing, to also lift those things up wherever you are with a little bit of silence between um, our transitions. And in those silence between the transitions, maybe you want to write something in the comment section or if you have a journal, you want to write those things down. But um, there isn't going to probably be a lot of interaction, like I said, with the comments. Um, I'm just going to lead us and um, I'm going to let the spirit pace us this evening. And so you just, uh, as Jesus says, you know, can you not stay awake with me? You know, you just may realize like, hey, you just got to, you got to go and that's okay. Um, but if you can tarry, then tarry. Um, some of us have a lot of things to grieve. You have a lot of things to grieve. And I'd be irresponsible as a pastor. I really would. I really would. If I did not give you a place to sit on a mourner's bench, if I told you, don't cry, don't think about the things that hurt you. No, tonight, we're going to mourn with those who mourn. We're going to weep with those who weep. We're going to examine our hearts for the things that break God's heart. So wherever you are, maybe you just start by closing your eyes. And can you just imagine yourself sitting on the mourner's bench? sitting on the stool of sorrow. Bringing everything to this moment that you just can't carry. Everything in your life that has been killed or destroyed or been cloaked in the narrative of disappointment. Sit with it, sit with it, sit with it. Find your breath in this moment. 
turn down the volume on the voice that says, oh God, this doesn't feel good. So let's run. Let's not, let's not do this. Sit. Sit. And if you cannot weep for yourself, if you have nothing this evening that brings you sorrow, there are others in your life who might ask you, can you carry the load for me? What do you need to do to be present to this moment of lament? To sip from the cup of sorrow? Hear now these words from Psalm 22. Verses one through five. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me from the words of my grieving? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but find no rest. Yet you are holy and thrown on the praises of Israel and you, our ancestors, trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were saved, and you they trusted and were not put to shame. Tonight, we come now mourning with those who mourn, remembering and lamenting those who've, who've died of COVID-19. We lament because there are some people who still believe that the coronavirus is a hoax. We lament because we could not collectively grieve. And so this evening, we are going to give dignity to all of the complexities of this global pandemic and specifically how this global pandemic has affected and stretched us and revealed our humanity here in the US. And so this evening, we lament the over 100,000 deaths. This evening, we lament people in our Southeast Raleigh Table community who have family members and friends and neighbors who've died of COVID-19. We lament for those in our Raleigh community who right now have been diagnosed with coronavirus or who are struggling for their life with coronavirus. We remember our neighbors in 27610, the zip code where our own church building resides that has the highest, one of the highest cases of COVID 19 related cases in North Carolina. We remember those who have COVID-19 who are incarcerated. We remember those who have coronavirus who are in detention centers. We remember people who died behind closed doors without their family members or with their friends. 
We remember those whose lives were lost, but their family members could not grieve collectively. We remember those who were turned away when they went to healthcare facilities. We remember those who died because of a healthcare system that may have failed them or who were told that it was their pre-existing condition that somehow they were the ones who had to control it. But because of systems that are unjust, we're more susceptible. We remember those those communities that are disproportionately affected by the coronavirus. Lord, in your mercy, together we say, hear our prayer. I'm going to just invite you now just to sit to sit with the heaviness of death and illness. To sit with the heaviness of loss and pain. To sit with the heaviness of a global pandemic. To sit with the families who will not see their friend or neighbor or spouse or partner or child or grandmother or grandfather. Can you just sit? Can you sit with frontline workers who who are overwhelmed and watching people die. Can you just sit? Tonight we weep with those who weep. And so I read for us now, Jeremiah chapter nine, verses 17 through 22. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider and call for the morning women to come Send for the skilled women to come. Let them quickly raise a dirge over us so that our eyes may run down with tears and our eyelids flow with water. For a sound of wailing is heard from Zion. How we are ruined, we are utterly shamed. 
because we have left the land because they have cast down our dwellings. Hear, O women, the word of the Lord and let your ears receive the word of his mouth. Teach to your daughters a dirge and each to her neighbor a lament. Death has come up into our windows. It has entered our palaces to cut off the children from the streets and the young men from the squares. Speak, thus says the Lord. Human corpses shall fall like dung upon the open field, like sheaves behind the reaper, and no one shall gather them. This evening, we now weep for Black lives. We weep for Black lives that were taken because of police brutality. We weep for Black lives, for people who sometimes feel so invisible in this system You know the grief and exhaustion that many of your Black neighbors might feel right now. It comes from always having to fight for your personhood. That you can die in the streets. And you always have to somehow find a narrative to make your body lovable. You always have to find the narrative to make you seem more human. And yet, in Genesis, it says that God looks at everything that God creates and says it is very good, but to be born into a system where you're always having to fight or scream or cry or moan, can you not see what God sees? So while we also weep for life that has been lost to a pandemic, we also weep for life that has been lost from the pandemic of supremacy, this very system that our country was built on, that had to dehumanize others in, in some way to create another false identity for other folks. And so this, this evening, this is, um, This is how we will mourn. And maybe you need to say the names that you want to say. We lament for a Tatiana Jefferson. We lament for Eric Garner. We lament for John Crawford. We lament for Mike Brown. We lament for Sandra Bland. We lament for Azel Floyd. We lament for Tanisha Anderson. We lament for Tamir Rice. We lament for Walter Scott. 
We lament for Rakia Boyd. We lament for Chantel Davis. We lament for the seven-year-old Ihana Stanley Jones. We lament for Maude Arbery. We lament for Breonna Taylor. We lament for George Floyd. We lament for Tony McDade. We lament for those whose names we do not know, but we cry, God. We lament for every black child who's given a talk about how to keep themselves alive. We lament for the loss of their innocence. We will lament for every black man who has to internalize the sense that they are a threat before they are human. We grieve for every black woman whose life sometimes feels invisible. For like Nia Wilson, who could be killed in daylight, but whose death doesn't make the six o'clock news. We lament for every family who has not seen justice. We lament that our lament has become so commonplace. We lament that our joy just can't be joy, but our joy has to be resistance. We lament having to prove that we are worth it. We lament a system that works so beautifully that it doesn't work for us. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. And I'm just going to give you now um, just time to name whatever might be your sorrows. I realize that there are those of you in my church community like me who are also Black and the tears and the anger and just wanting to live. You can name your sorrows. You can name the places that are just so heavy. You can name the places that aren't just simply unfair, but they're just unjust. 
You can name the places, though maybe a knee has not been placed in my neck, and yet I know what it is to have life sometimes snuffed out of me when I walk into rooms. And no one wants to hear what I have to say. You can name your sorrows right now. A reading from Psalm 88. O Lord God of my salvation, when at night I cry out in your presence, let my prayer come before you, incline your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of troubles and my life draws near to Sheol. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am like those who have no help, like those forsaken among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all your waves. You have caused my companions to shun me. You have made me a thing of horror to them. I'm shut in so that I cannot escape. My eyes grow dim through sorrow. Every day I call on you, O oh Lord. I spread out my hands to you. <laughs> Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the shades rise up to praise you? Is your steadfast love declared at the grave or your faithfulness in Abaddon? Are your wonders known in darkness or your saving help in the land of forgetfulness? But I, O oh Lord, I cry out to you in the morning. My prayer comes before you. O oh Lord, why do you cast me off? Why do you hide your face from me? Wretched and close to death from my youth up, I suffer your tears. I'm desperate. Your wrath has swept over me. Your dread assaults destroy me. They surround me like a flood all day long. From all sides, they close in on me. You have caused friend and neighbor to shed me. My companions are in darkness. We come now with the things that break God's heart. For these are the things that should break our hearts.
what I'm going to invite you to do is I'm just going to begin to list the things that I feel like break God's heart, the things that break my heart, the things that probably break your heart. And as I am just listing the litany of these things, I'm going to also invite you, if you are at a place right now, that you also too would be courageous enough just to maybe like, just list the things, just list the things. The things that are heavy, the things that you count as sorrows, the things that you want to lament. So God, as we sit on the mourner's bench, we lament. We lament the countless people who are unemployed right now. We lament those who were struggling before COVID-19 and who still struggle. We lament victims of domestic violence. We lament young, for young people who did not have the year that they wanted. We lament those whose dreams were dashed whether it be for weddings or for baptisms or for graduations or for new jobs or for new love or for new homes. For babies who've been born in this season who've not been able to be held by a whole community. For those who've not been able to celebrate collectively and for those who've not been able to grieve collectively. We lament those who are lost to themselves, who are lost to power, who are lost to whiteness, who are lost to white supremacy, who are lost to cultural identities that are rooted in myth. God, we lament those who grieve more over buildings and lives, who grieve over monuments and statues, but not those who lay dead in the ground. We lament every act of violence towards our neighbors in the Asian American community, especially during this time of this global pandemic. We lament all those who've been vilified, who've been bullied, who've been blamed, We lament those places where there have been lack of leadership. We lament for children who grapple to understand the weight and the reality of this moment that we live in. We lament, we lament over those who've gotten richer on the backs of other people We lament those who scream a narrative of scarcity and yet who enjoy abundance. And now I'm just going to invite you just to lament, to name the things that bring you sorrow for broken relationships, for broken bodies, for broken lives. What is that you need to name on the mourner's bench this evening?
say it out loud, cry it out loud, moan it out loud. Let your tears speak for you if your tears need to speak for you. Let your breath speak for you if you need to let your breath speak for you. Let your rocking speak for you if you need to let your rocking speak for you. Let your walking around right now speak for you if you need to let your walking around speak for you. What is it that you grieve? What is it that you lament? What is it that breaks your heart that you know breaks God's heart? Name it. Name it. God, you remind us that earth has no sorrow, that heaven cannot heal. That you are a God who hears the cries of your people, that you draw near to the brokenhearted that you are a God who will come to our rescue, that you are a God who will save us, that you are a God who will redeem us, that you are a God who will transform us, that you are a God who can make all things new, that you are a God that nothing is impossible for you, not systems of oppression, not systems of supremacy, not systems, not isms, nothing, oh God, is greater than you. No illness, not death, nothing, oh God. And so God, when we come in this moment of lament, we might come feeling helpless, we might come feeling angry, we come feeling deep sorrow and sadness, but God, we come before you. We come before you, oh God, because you tell us that you will turn our mourning into dancing. God, we are waiting. We come before you because you say that you bottle up every one of our tears and you count our sleepless nights. God, we are waiting. God, we come before you because you say that you have made all things new. God, we are waiting to seal the fulfillment of all things being made new. We lament, oh God, we don't complain because we actually still trusted you. Some of us with a sliver of hope and some of us with every ounce of breath that we have right now in our lungs. God, we come with no answers. We come broken. We come exhausted and tired, but God, we are coming to you. We don't bow down before false gods. God, we come to you, the God of life. And we ask that you would incline your ear to us. that this sadness that we carry might be turned into joy, unspeakable joy. You say, earth has no sorrow, that heaven cannot heal. Lord, that is why we come. We offer every one of these prayers and we lay down every one of our sorrows and we mourn and we lament because we trust in you. God, would you show us? 
God, would you show us that you hear us? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, um, as we end our time together, I am um, going to read from Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 5, and verses 15 through 22. And if you've been reading along in scripture with me this evening, I'm going to actually invite you to read this aloud. Because we come to this moment in the midst of a global pandemic of, of recognizing how it is that in this system that black lives don't matter and all the other heaviness, all the other hardships, all the other things that also weigh down life. But the crazy thing about our lament is that we still trust in God. And so I want you, um, whether you can believe these words or not, to maybe cling to these words, that they might be your man in the midst of the wilderness. For um, as your pastor, I have come to this place that I don't want the empire to be nicer. This world that I keep on talking about, this country that we live in, I don't want, I don't want a nicer, I don't want a nicer empire. <laughs> I don't want to tweak the empire. I don't want the empire to change a couple of paragraphs. I want a new earth. I want something new. And I trust that God can do it. I trust that God can do it. That every time we gather, we say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is to heaven. I'm not asking for the empire. As Audre Lorde would say, you know, we can't dismantle the master's house with the master's tools. I want a new earth. So that's what I'm going to believe in. That's what I'm going to trust in. I'm going to come with this moment of lament because I believe in, I believe God can do something greater. So these are going to be the words uh, that will act as our benediction before we go forth from this place, from our mourner's bench. You can say them out loud with me, beginning with the first verse in Isaiah chapter 60. It says this, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from far away and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you. The wealth of the nation shall come to you. And then in verse 15, whereas you have been forsaken and hated with no one passing through, I will make you majestic forever, a joy from age to age. You shall suck the milk of the nations. You shall suck the breast of kings and you shall know that I, the Lord, am your savior and your redeemer, the mighty one of Jacob. <laughs> Listen to this, friends. Instead of bronze, I will bring gold. Instead of iron, 
I will bring silver instead of wood, bronze instead of stones, iron. I will appoint peace as your overseer and righteousness as your taskmaster. Violence shall no more be heard in your land, devastation or destruction within your borders. You shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise. The sun shall no longer be your light by day, nor for brightness shall the moon give light to you by night, but the Lord will be your everlasting light and your glory will be and God and your God will be your glory. Your sun shall no more go down or your moon withdraw itself for the Lord will be your everlasting light and your days of mourning shall be ended. Your people shall all be righteous. They shall possess the land forever. They are the shoot that I planted the work of my hands so that I might be glorified. The least of them shall become a clan and the smallest one a mighty nation. I am the Lord. In its time, I will accomplish it quickly. Friends, I'm going to invite you to sit with every word of sorrow that we have offered up. And I'm going to invite you to sit with the hope of promise that the God who we serve is a God who's not left us. That the God that we serve sits with us on the mourner's bench that the God that we serve is such a God that earth has no sorrow, that heaven cannot heal. As you go forth from this moment, <laughs> I'm going to invite you to take care of yourself. For some of you, you're just going to need to sit. Um, for some of you, you're gonna to need to kind of actually walk off this, um, the heaviness of this moment. What I will also invite you to do is not say sorry, <laughs> not say sorry for your sorrow, uh, but uh, to let, let God hold what you have brought to this moment. Uh, that if your celebration matters, that also to your mourning matters. So may you go forth from this place, go in the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, go in the love of God, go in the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit. Friends, might you go in God's peace. Amen.